Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity granted to us to study your word. Thank you that our ears are blessed because they are hearing these words today. Thank you, Father, for giving us life which we know that we are not worthy of. But we pray that you shall grant to us understanding of your word through thy Holy Spirit, that we may give glory to your name, that our lives may be an honor to you on this earth. I consecrate myself to you. Please, grant me of your spirit that I may speak blessings to all your children who are listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 5 Armies of Missionary Children even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 11 God wants the children and youth to join the Lord's army. The children have a strong temptation to meet on the right hand and on the left, as do the older soldiers. Satan and his legions will work every device to ensnare the young. It is the privilege of the children to enlist in the army of the Lord and seek to persuade others to join their ranks. Children must be educated and trained for Jesus Christ. They must be trained to resist temptation and to fight the good fight of faith. Direct their minds to Jesus as soon as they can comprehend your lessons in simple words, easy to be understood. Teach them self-control. Teach them to begin the work of overcoming when young, and they will receive the precious help that Jesus can and will give, connected with prayerful efforts of parents. Cheer them with encouraging words for the battles they fight in resisting temptation and coming of conquerors through grace given them of Jesus Christ. Parents should hang in memory's hall the precious sayings of Christ. The children will repeat the words they hear often on the parents' lips of Christ and faith and truth. Precious truth may be spoken by children. Whole armies of children may come under Christ's banner as missionaries, even in their childhood years. Never repulse the desire of children to do something for Jesus. Never quench their ardor for working in some way for their master. Children, rightly educated, will learn to love Jesus and to grieve if they think they have grieved the Savior by any sin committed by them. Keep their hearts tender and sensitive by your words and example. The angels of God are ever near your little ones. Let love and tenderness, patience and self-control be at all times the law of your speech. Winning love is to be like deep waters, ever flowing forth in the management of your children. All through his life, Christ performed acts of love and tenderness for the children. Amen.
The title of our devotion for today is Armies of Missionary Children. We are studying this under the overarching theme that I may know him. We are seeking to understand our Lord. And in this, we intend to have a knowledge of God as we go through this devotion today. To understand what he understands and see things the way he sees it. A lot of what was read just now is a reiteration of our previous devotion. Remember, we've talked about how it is that children also pass through temptations right from when they are young. But today, we are also looking at it from the positive side, the good things that children can do. Just as children are capable of falling into temptation and sinning, they are also capable of doing right. We are told in our key text, Proverbs 20 verse 11, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. And in Psalms 58 verse 3 to 5, we are told, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Amen. You see, this is the condition of most children born into the world. When you hear the wicked are estranged from the womb. How many are not in that description? Many of us are estranged from God from the womb. This does not mean that humans are already sinners from the womb. No, not at all. But in consequence of the traits that parents pass on to their children, the children of the wicked are estranged from God indeed. This does not write them off completely as if there is no hope for them. There is hope. We have seen in previous devotions how it was that God saw something good in Jeroboam's little child. And Jeroboam was a wicked man. We learned that the training of the child, that the training that they receive has more to do with their destiny than their heredity. But nevertheless, it's important for us to understand that heredity affects the temptations of a child. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 2, page 74, we are told we are not all organized alike and many have not been educated aright. Their education has been deficient. Some have had a quick temper transmitted to them and their education in childhood has not taught them self-control. Going on further, we are told Jesus, our advocate, is acquainted with all the circumstances with which we are surrounded and deals with us according to the light we have had and the circumstances in which we are placed. Some have a much better organization than others. While some are continually harassed, afflicted and in trouble because of their unhappy traits of character, having to war with internal foes and the corruption of their nature, others have not half so much to battle against. They pass along almost free from the difficulties which their brethren and sisters who are not so favorably organized are laboring under." End of quote. So it is for this reason that every child needs an education that will make them missionaries for Jesus. There is no child that is born to be a missionary without a proper education. No matter how spiritual are the genes, a child left to himself without the proper training will be like the worst degenerate. No traits of inheritance will help that child. None. The devil was created by God. His genes are good and perfect, but he is the one that brought sin. So no matter who the parent of the child is, no matter the inheritance of the blood in them, they need a training. 
like we saw in our devotion today, that I may know him, page 42, paragraph 2. It says, children must be educated and trained for Jesus Christ. They must be trained to resist temptation and to fight the good fight of faith. Direct their minds to Jesus as soon as they can comprehend your lessons in simple words, easy to be understood. Teach them self-control. Teach them to begin the work of overcoming when young and they will receive the precious help that Jesus can and will give connected with prayerful efforts of parents. I'll stop there. When it comes to the things you have to teach your child, we already talked about in yesterday this in yesterday's devotion, so you can listen to that. But the reading just said now that you should teach them as soon as they can comprehend your lessons in simple words. That is, teach them in simple words as soon as they can comprehend. The question then is, when do they begin this training? When do they comprehend? As soon as they are born, that is the answer. Reading from Child Guidance, page 193, paragraph 1, and then 194, paragraph 2, we are told, too much importance cannot be placed on the early training of children. The lessons that the child learns during the first seven years of life have more to do with forming his character than all that it learns in future years. And in page 194, paragraph 2, we are told, Mothers, be sure that you properly discipline your children during the first three years of their lives. Do not allow them to form their wishes and desires. The mother must be mind for her child. The first three years is the time in which to bend the tiny twig. Mothers should understand the importance attaching to this period. It is then that the foundation is laid. Amen. So the answer is very clear to us. When do you begin the training? The first three years is the time of laying the foundation. Page 193, paragraph 2 and downward tells us, From babyhood, the character of the child is to be molded and fashioned in accordance with the divine plan. Virtues are to be instilled into his opening mind. From when now? From babyhood. When is babyhood? Before they are even one year from babyhood because when you say baby a baby is the one that comes out from the womb that is a baby and that's when you should start the training going on it says the parents work must begin with the child in its infancy that it may receive the right impress of character ere the world shall place its stamp on mind and heart it is during the first years of a child's life that his mind is most susceptible to impressions either good or evil during these years, decided progress is made in either a right direction or a wrong one. On one hand, much worthless information may be gained. On the other, much solid valuable information, valuable knowledge. The strength of intellect, the substantial knowledge, are possessions which the gold of Ophir could not buy. Their price is above gold or silver. Neither infants, children, or youth should hear an impatient word from father, mother, or any member of the household, for they receive impressions very early in life. And what parents make them today, they will be tomorrow, and the next day, and the next. The first lessons impressed upon the child are seldom forgotten. The impressions made on the heart early in life are seen in after years. They may be buried but they will seldom be obliterated. End of quote. So the emphasis of all the things I've read is start the training of the child when they are young, from babyhood, 
from infancy. And the reason is this. They will not forget. They may be suppressed, buried, but not obliterated. This is the way that the word of God says, train up a child in the way he should grow and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is because God goes through the law of science. It's just clear. What you sow is what you reap. And this law is, is, is very applicable to the child. You sow good things in the child's mind, you reap good things too. There may be temptations here and there as a child grows. They may depart from the Lord in and out, in and out. But when you have trained them aright when they are young, the likelihood that they will be children of God is very high. And they can find their way to him. So, you may be wondering, at infancy, at babyhood, what do I train my child? Do I train my child? What, don't I need to wait till they are older? No, you don't need to. There are many things to teach the baby. Sometimes they can be very selfish. Other times they can be quite violent and irritable. At such times, you are to pray with them. And also, do not give in to their every demand. Here is where many parents make mistakes. They give in to every demand that the child makes, even if it is not good for the baby. You have to let the child know that that's not the case. Remember the other time I was mentioning about selfishness? How children like to pick up things that's not their own, and when you take it from them, they start to cry. That is when to teach the child to realize respect for people's property, so that they don't become thieves in the future. So that they don't become covetous people of other people's property. Let them know that it is not their property. Don't say, oh, give it to them because they are crying. Little lessons like this you can teach your child from babyhood. If they get violent, this is one thing that is really bad. When parents allow their children to slap them, to beat them because they are angry. You should not do that. That child should be taught that they are doing something wrong. Would you allow any be any youth to beat the mother or to beat the father would you not teach them immediately to put them in their place yes you will now the baby is not as knowledgeable as the youth so in tenderness but yet in firmness the child the baby is to be is to know that they are not to do such a thing and as soon as they can apologize for it they should be told to apologize and you can pray with them but you see, what we are reading here about training children from when they are young has a, a block in some people's minds and the block is selfishness. We are studying armies of little children. If your child must be a missionary for Jesus, then the work must begin now. Where should it begin? In your mind. Why? Because the motive of many parents in bringing children into the world is selfish. Many parents are bringing into the children into the world not to make them armies of missionaries, but to serve their own goals and purposes. So you want your child to just bear your name. And you've planned it out. You are not necessarily thinking about how they can be missionaries for God. Not necessarily missionaries in the sense that they are going to be ministers, but just children who are rewards to God in the sense that they are obedient to Him. And so you see parents training up their children just to become this or that rich person or famous person in the future. Not caring about the child's spiritual life so the child gets pregnant what are they offended for oh you spoiled the plan that's all it's not that they offended god oh you've just damaged my reputation or you have made it to be now that you are going to derail yourself from being what i wanted you to be you have brought down the you, you have made it to be now that you cannot achieve what i want you, you to achieve in the years i want you to achieve it and that's all many parents are concerned about 
But not all parents. There are some that are like Hannah, who brought their children, who have the mind to bring up their children for God. So the mind needs to change. If your child will be a missionary, a child of God, it starts with the parent's mindset. If the parent was not, doesn't want to bring them up for that purpose, it won't happen. So the parents need to change the mind. And for those who even are attempting to do such a work, what we have been talking about concerning teaching them from babyhood is very important. The work is not to be postponed, thinking that it's when they are older that you will teach them righteousness. How about the evil? They are doing it when they are young. Why can't they do right when they are young too? Just as much as they can say evil things, they can say good things. They can teach others to follow God. Like we read in our devotion, whole armies of children may come under Christ's banner as missionaries, even in their childhood years. Never repulse the desire of children to do something for Jesus. Never quench their ardor for working in some way for the Master. Children, rightly educated, will learn to love Jesus and to grieve if they think they have grieved the Savior by any sin committed by them. Keep their hearts tender and sensitive by your own words and example. That is paragraph 3. So, we shouldn't postpone the work thinking that it's a work for only those of older years. Child Guidance, page 194, paragraph 5 and 195, paragraph 1 says, Many neglect their duty during the first years of the children's lives, thinking that when they get older, they will then be very careful to repress wrong and educate them in the right. But the very time for them to do this work is when the children are babes in their arms. It is not right for parents to pet and humor their children. Neither is it right for them to abuse them. A firm, decided, straightforward course of action will be productive of the best results. When I have called attention of parents to the wrong habits which they were encouraging in their very young children, some parents have appeared entirely indifferent. Others have said with a smile, Little darlings, I cannot bear to cross them in any way. They will do better when they get older. They will then be ashamed of these passionate outbursts. It is not best to be too particular and strict with the little ones. They will outgrow these habits of telling lies and deceiving and being indolent and selfish. A very easy way indeed for mothers to dispose of the matter, but this does not meet the will of God. End of quote. So what are the things that parents must know in order to train their children for Jesus? We have seen it in previous devotions. Mirin's Ministry of Healing, page 380, paragraph 3, tells us that parents need to consider this. They should understand the principles that underlie the care and training of children. They should be capable of rearing them in physical, mental, and moral health. They should study the laws of nature, become acquainted with the organism of the human body, understand the functions of the various organs and their relation and dependence, study the relation of the mental to the physical powers and the conditions required for the healthy action of each. To assume the responsibilities of parent, parenthood without such preparation is sin. So, in what I just read now, you, need that, you see that parents need to be intelligent in understanding the faculties of the mind. The laws of nature being referred to here is the laws of the mind in order to train the child aright. So some laws of the mind will help some parents indeed. And I want to go through some laws of the mind that can help to bring up the children in the way of the Lord. Reading from Mind, Character and Personality, Volume 2, page 417, paragraph 5, it says, It is a law of the mind that it will narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things with which it becomes familiar 
the mental powers. Remember, parents have to teach the children to grow up mentally. So here it says, the mental powers will surely become contracted and will lose their ability to grasp the deep meanings of the word of God unless they are put vigorously and persistently to the task of searching the truth. And then again, in page 418, paragraph 4, we are told, it is a law, both of the intellectual and spiritual nature, that by beholding, we become changed. The mind gradually adapts itself to the subject upon which it is allowed to dwell. It becomes assimilated to that which it is accustomed to love and reverence. Man will never rise higher than his standard of purity or of goodness or truth. End of quote. So I've given two laws here. There's one that says the mind will narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things with which it becomes familiar. And the next one is by beholding will become changed. In other words, it's like monkey see, monkey do. Parents should take full advantage of this law of the mind. The children will inevitably copy whatever they are constantly seeing. Even adults still do that today. But children, not having developed much of the power of self-control, do not resist what they see. They just do what they see. They copy everything. If a child is surrounded with people who are always praying, they love to go on their knees and pray. That's just an example. So take advantage of that and show them the right example and they will follow suit. We are told in our devotion today, page 42, paragraph 3, the children repeat the words they hear often on the parents' lips of Christ and faith and truth. Precious truth may be spoken by children. So, the example laid before them is what helps them to become armies of missionaries. You give them the example and they will be that. Again, we are told that children rightly educated will learn to love Jesus and they can grieve when they think they've offended him. So these are important things we should take note of. As the baby develops from infancy to childhood, other powers of the mind awakens and develops. And apart from being good at repeating what they see and hear, they early begin to make choices for themselves. Parents are to guide these choices aright. In Ministry of Healing, page 176, we are told, God has given us the power of choice. It is ours to exercise. We cannot change our hearts, we cannot control our thoughts, our impulses, our affections. We cannot make ourselves pure, fit for God's service. But we can choose to serve God. We can give Him our will. Then He will work in us to will and to do according to His good pleasure. So, this is what we have to teach children to, to choose for themselves. In page 190, paragraph 1 of Child Guidance, we are told, let the youth and the little children be taught to choose for themselves that royal robe woven in heaven's loom, the fine linen, clean and white, which all the holy ones of earth will wear. Let the children be taught that as they open their minds to pure loving thoughts and do loving and helpful deeds, they are clothing themselves with his beautiful garment of character. End of quote. So here we see that their choices, the choices of children may not be best at first, but then parents can take advantage of another power of the mind, which is the power that children have to discriminate. As they get older, this power comes up. In Mind, Character and Personality, page 417, paragraph 3, we are told the human mind is endowed with power to discriminate between right and wrong. God designs that men shall not decide from impulse but from the weight of evidence. So I'll just stop there. The thing is, as a child's mind is growing, they can make choices for themselves and they can discriminate between right and wrong. And it's important to empower them with this ability so that they can make choices for themselves that are good. 
This is why the training needs to begin early. The child's mind, though developing, can't discriminate and can be taught to do so. You can teach them that there is a difference between reasoning and superstition. And they are not to discriminate based on superstition. If you are a superstitious parent, you will make your, your child like that. Oh, the rain is falling. It means this. Oh, and what you say it means, oh, it means that somebody has sent it to do this or that. All those kind of superstitious reasoning. I'm not good at it. But that kind of superstitious so-called reasoning, because it's not worthy of the name reasoning when someone is superstitious, those things will not help. You should help them to trace from cause to effect. If an old person is sick, don't say somebody sent it to them. Old age is setting in and let them know this is the result of sin. That as we get older, just as we have machines around us, when you use it for many years, it gets older and it's no longer as strong as it used to be. This is what is happening to us. We are degenerating. Don't say somebody sent the sickness from the village. Your computer, after some years, when it is no longer as new as it was, it's even, it damages. Some buttons are not working like they used to. The keyboard may get bad. The motherboard may, get, may fry. So you should let them know that they shouldn't think from... Uh, superstitious perspectives but from cause to effect there should be a difference help them to make choices aright now there was a law that i mentioned earlier about the mind narrowing or expanding based on the subject it contemplates now i want to go in that direction again Reading from Testimonies, Volume 5, page 272, we are told, The mental power should be developed to the utmost. They should be strengthened and ennobled by dwelling upon spiritual truths. If the mind is allowed to run almost entirely upon trifling things and the common business of everyday life, it will, in accordance with one of its unvarying laws, become weak and frivolous and deficient in spiritual power. End of quote. So this is an example of the mind narrowing because of the trifling subjects it has been dwelling upon. But when dwelling upon spiritual subjects, it expands. So talk about simple and yet elevated topics with your children. Fascinate their minds with the most grandiose subjects about life and nature. Let them dwell on serious and intelligent topics. This will serve to give them strong intellects and minds that are powerful to think. Among some adults, there is a deficiency in reasoning. They do not have the power of investigation. Their intuitive powers are weak because they have never exercised them by dwelling upon serious elevated subjects from their childhood. If children must be trained as missionaries for God, it will do them good to have strong intuition and perceptive powers and the only way to do this is that you should allow them to dwell upon high elevated topics from childhood guided by the word of God, spiritual things. It will help the mind to expand. Then. Another very, very important thing is healthful habits. If children must be missionaries for God, parents must understand the relation between the mind and the body. Because when the body is not in the right state, the mind also is not in the right state. So in order for us to have army of mission, armies of missionary children, then it is important that the body should have attention. The physical organism should receive its due regard and the body should be well taken care of. Reading from Child Guidance, page 187, paragraph 2 and downward it says, In order to arouse the moral sensibilities of your children to the claims that God has upon them, 
you should imprint upon their minds and hearts how to obey the laws of God in their physical frames. For health has a great deal to do with their intellect and morals. If they have health and purity of heart, they are then better prepared to live and be a blessing to the world. To balance their minds in the right direction and at the right time is the most important work, for very much depends on the decision made at the critical moments. Parents wonder that children are so much more difficult to control than they used to be, when in most cases their own criminal management has made them so. The quality of food they bring upon their tables and encourage their children to eat is constantly exciting their animal passions and weakening the moral and intellectual faculties. Pure food for the mind is essential. Educate the faculties and tastes of your dear ones. Seek to to preoccupy their minds so that there shall be no place for low debasing thoughts or indulgences. The grace of Christ is the only antidote or preventive of evil. You may choose, if you will, whether the minds of your children shall be occupied with pure uncorrupted thoughts or with the evils that are existing everywhere, pride and forgetfulness of their Redeemer. The mind, like the body, must have pure food in order to have health and strength. Give your children something to think of that is out of and above themselves. The mind that lives in a pure holy atmosphere will not become trifling, frivolous, vain, and selfish. And in page 187, paragraph 1, we are told, The physical constitution of Jesus, as well as his spiritual development, is brought before us in these words. The child grew and increased in stature. In childhood and youth, attention should be given to physical development. Parents should train their children in good habits of eating and drinking, dressing and exercise, that a good foundation will be laid for sound health in afterlife. The physical organism should have special care, that the powers of the body may not be dwarfed but developed to their full extent. This places the children and youth in a favorable position so that, with proper religious training, they may, like Christ, wax strong in spirit. Amen. So, what are the things that we should do to take care of the physical organism of a child? Well, the same for an adult. I'm not referring to a baby now. Of course, we know that when it, when a person is a baby, there are other rules because their food is different and there are many other things that one needs to learn in taking care of little children, like when to take them their bath, the temperature of the water to use, how many times they feed, of which they are not supposed to feed more than... You know, some people feed their children up to 10 times a day. It's not necessary. Feeding your child to teach them temperance, feeding them often at first and then later reducing it, maybe three times a day. You can feed your child three times a day and let them take food to the full. Let them eat very well. I know there are many nuances around bringing children, uh, babies up. I'm not an expert in that. I know some people don't even give their children water to drink for a long time. They only take breast milk until sometime later they start to take water and for others they may give them water. But soon enough the child should be taught self-control and temperance if you have been giving them three times meals three times a day i I know i'm not saying what i don't know i know children one year two years old who eat only two times a day and they are doing well i know that this thing has sounded very very strange in the ear of some people three times 
Some of them eat three times a day and they are fine. I know of, pay, of, of children that take food just three times a day and they are okay. I'm talking of one-year-olds, three times and it's fine. So the best way to eat as they gradually get older, you can reduce it to two so that it can be temperate. And what kind of food are you giving to them? Let it not be stimulating things, the flesh foods, the spices that will stimulate them and will make them to be irritable. There was a, there was a study done by some, some uh, scientists, I think it was shown on Dutchweiler, that's DW, some years ago, talking about children. And it was found that the mother's food and the child's food, that is the mother's food before giving birth to the children, if she is eating the animal-based diet or foods that are junk food and stimulating foods, the child will be irritable, easily offended, very intolerant, and very, very difficult to manage. But for the mothers who were temperate, eating the plant-based diet and when the child was born, giving the child a plant-based diet, it was found that those children were easily manageable, easy to organize, easy to train. That said, I think you can do more research on the subject and what you will find is that the plant-based diet is best for the child. Eating not too often, three times a day for the child, fine. As they get older, two times, they will be in better physical health. In conclusion, I'll read Child Guidance, page 197, paragraph 2. It says, Concerning Joseph and how he himself was that's Joseph, the son of Jacob, and how he was able to maintain a good character and be a missionary for God. It says, The lessons given Joseph in his youth by Jacob in expressing his firm trust in God and relating to him again and again the precious evidences of his loving kindness and unceasing care were the very lessons he needed in his exile among an idolatrous people. In the testing time, he put these lessons to a practical use. When under the severest trial, he looked to his heavenly Father, whom he had learned to trust. Had the precepts and example of the father of Joseph been of an opposite character, the pen of inspiration would never have traced upon the pages of sacred history the story of integrity and virtue that shines forth in the character of Joseph. The early impressions made upon his mind garrisoned his heart in the hour of fierce temptation and led him to exclaim how can i do this great wickedness and sin against god end of quote so joseph learned from his father how to be faithful and the children today if parents will teach them a right can do the same may god bless every parent who with the intention to bring up their children for god takes these lessons to heart and puts them in practice let us pray Thank you, dear Father, for the lessons you've taught us today. I commit every parent to your, to your care who is trying, trying to train your child as missionaries for God, trying to give them the right character. Please bless them and grant them the grace to do their work faithfully and well. Shield the children from temptation. Help them to love the Lord and to love to work for Him and to do the work of the Lord. Help them, Lord, not to be led astray by evil influences but that they will learn to resist temptations early enough lord in heaven please for those who may not even have understood this or are not even bringing up their children for god i pray that you help them to see the need to do so that they may do their work faithfully 
and that in the end they may be able to answer when you request from them where is the children that you have given me that they may not be found wanting has mistakes been made in bringing up children somebody may be wondering now i pray father that for such a one you would forgive and give them the grace to redeem the time and do what they can to train their children for god thank you for hearing our prayers and answering in jesus name we've prayed amen this message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to god and be ready for his imminent return for more information and free online resources please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org